0: Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the Big Show—the most important and critical information you will ever hear from any podcast that is recorded in our truck. We're in the truck today, Farm Truck Day, the Truck Day. We're going out to the place in the old farm truck. We're so the this is the Silverado studio, so it'll be a little noisier than usual because our Silverado is um
1: experienced and
0: has his quirks. It's experienced. He's a strong old truck. It's a strong old truck. Welcome to the show. And uh, speaking of trucks, I've got some, uh, got some fun stuff in store for this podcast. Because i was sitting there and I'm looking down and I'm looking at my Uniden Bearcat 980 SSBCB Radio. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen... It's the, it's the show you've been waiting for all this time. The show about CB Radio's Citizens Band. Cue the Convoy song
1: in your head. You're yeah. welcome.
0: I'll put a link to the, to the video for the Convoy song. Okay, I got to admit something. I am a child of the 60s and the 70s. I went to high school in the 70s. And if you went to high school in the seventies, there were two things that were prevalent across the culture in the late seventies: CB radios and disco. Now, yeah,
1: sorry, that disco,
0: involuntary. <laughs> yeah, disco has absolutely nothing to do with prepping. So you will not hear us talking about disco on this podcast. Occasionally talk about fevers, but not Saturday night kind. And we'll talk about Saturday night specials, but we mean the firearms, not the dance. Okay, so we're not going to, but CB radios have a lot to do with prepping potentially because they are a tool that is available for preppers. Now, in this day and age of the cell phone, the CB radio is is basically, for most people, simply a distant memory, if you even know what it is. Now, older older folks who are listening to this will know what a CB radio is. But younger folks who are listening to this may ha- may not actually have ever worked a CB radio. So I'm going to go into some of the basics of a CB radio and why it is an excellent choice for short-range communications for preppers. And let's just start right in. First of all, what is a CB radio? A CB radio, CB stands for Citizen's Band. And I'm not going to go into the big technical details, the stuff I learned from my ham training or all that kind of stuff. No need to get into that because CB radio is kind of a different standalone thing. It is a set of radio frequencies and a a configuration that has been approved by the FCC to be operated by any citizen without a license. Now, there are still some rules, widely ignored, but there are still some (laughs) rules that you have to follow or you're supposed to follow. As it is configured right now in the United States and other countries vary. I'm just going to speak about the United States because I don't know any about any of the other countries. As it's configured in the United States, the CB radios are set on 40 preset channels. And then there is a subset of CB radios that are called sideband radios. And I'm not going to get into the technical part of it because it's, it's pointless, if 're unless you 're really into it, and then you should read up on it but sideband radios basically extend the usability of the radio by adding multiple bands i 'm just going to those of you who are are frequency people just are going to cringe when I say this, but I just want to give people an idea of what it is sort of like bands between a band's like surfing driving down the median of the interstate. Okay.
1: The outcome is that you have more channels available to use, and you don't want to be using the same channel as anybody else in your vicinity because then it's hard to make out who's talking to whom and transmissions get lost and things like that. Yes.
0: Okay. Basically, sideband is carrier modulation. It's just... Read up on it if you feel like it. This is a short-range communication thing, mostly, depending on the atmospherics, and that's where it gets to be <laughs> interesting and fun. Now, your typical mobile CB unit that you could buy on Amazon for 40 bucks, you could buy at a big-box store for 40 bucks, including the antenna and everything, maybe even cheaper than that, I don't know just a typical radio, is going to be a solid state radio that has all 40 channels on it. Now, some of them have other features, and, you know, that's that's a different side issue. But that radio will have 4 watts. And how far that radio carries is covered by a lot of things, including the antenna, how well it's set up and tuned how tall it is, how much it's, how, how it's located either on the vehicle or on a house. And the typical range of a CB radio could be anywhere from three or four miles in, you know, fairly hilly terrain on up to, oh, I want to say 10 miles is pretty good for just a typical mobile radio setup without any... Uh, tuning or juicing. If you're in the desert
1: southwest, you might get that. If you're in Missouri, you're going to get a few miles, best. Four or five miles.
0: is about what you're going to get. And then atmospherics has something to do with This is an AM radio. So you'll hear all the crackles, pops, static, everything that you are familiar with, with AM radio on your AM dial of your car. Now, you can also get handhelds and they, they vary up to um, four uh, watts.
1: The four watt limit is the legal limit, by the way. That's yeah. why that's everything you're buying
0: goes up to four watts. The handhelds have that, but they're, they're, their limitations are more their antenna than anything else, because they've got this short little antenna and that really eliminates the radiation power. And I'm, again, sorry for your frequency familiar people, I'm Trying to make this understandable to people who are not radio nuts. Okay. A single sideband allows you to use up to 12 watts. So you can punch through a single with more power. So you get a little more range on single sideband. Single sideband also, it's not as clear cut because you're, you're basically trying to match up with the other radio to get an exact frequency that's not pre-tuned. It's close, but it's not pretty tuned So when you're buying a single sideband radio, you need one that's fairly that's got a really good tuning mechanism on it so you can dial in your frequency. That's one of the good features of this Bearcat 890SB. It's, it's a totally legal radio, but the frequency tuning on it is very good. So, and that's one of the reasons I have it. Now, let's talk about the history of the CB radio, because this is the fun part. CB radio has been around for a long, long time. I'll put a little bit of the history and the story that goes along with this podcast. I'm not going to go through it here. But it really became started to become hugely popular in the early 70s as truck drivers were using it to pass along information. Now, the reason behind that, people will say all kinds of different stuff, but I, I am convinced this is my opinion, not a fact, my opinion, that the, reason, the real reason behind CB radios became, uh, came into being when the OPEC oil crisis hit in the 70s, the early 70s, and we had the oil crunch. People were waiting in lines at the gas station. Gas was in short supply, and it was way jacked up in price. There are price controls put in on the economy, and there's all kinds of weird stuff going on in the 70s.
1: You might or might not be able to buy gas on a given day, depending on whether it was an even or an odd day of the week. In yeah, it was, places.
0: it was basically gas rationing in a lot of places. Yeah. And one of the things that they did to cut down on fuel usage was to change the national speed limit from whatever people had it set at cuz states were basically able to set their own mostly on the interstates for example it was 70 it was reduced to 55 and why because 55 you get better gas mileage in your vehicle at 55 miles an hour than at 70 and especially back then when Vehicles had huge engines. They were very, 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 very heavy. They were blocky, unaerodynamic.
1: If you were getting 15 miles per hour or per gallon in a car,
0: that wasn't odd at all. Right. Now, the truck drivers, however, they were used to getting X amount of, of driving done in a day. And you take 15 miles an hour off of somebody who's working a 10 hour day, that's 150 miles. That's three hours worth of driving extra they'd have to make. And that was a big deal to them. So they const- or they started to team up against the speed control. And the way they did that was the CB radio. They all basically started gathering together on the C. Everybody put a CB radio in their rig. And they all started to gather together on various different channels. The first of which I remember was channel 11. They were all hanging out on Channel 11. Then that switched to 14. They were all hanging out on 14. And then, the biggest and last switch, and the one that has basically held on forever, is Channel 19. The Channel 19 became the National Trucking Channel. And now, truckers not only use this for, quote-unquote, smoky reports, and they not only use this for uh, road condition reports, they also use this for a way to pass the day and get a little socialization going on inside their truck. Because you're in a truck, you're driving alone, you got nothing. And you can start talking to people. And you can have conversations with people. You might be driving the same route from Indianapolis to St. Louis next to the same truck the whole way. And you could basically develop a rapport with another driver, and keep yourself entertained. So it became a big deal, and then the citizens took up I remember my dad got his first CB because everybody had to have a CB. <laughs> my dad had—I mean, he—he—he he, he was kind of an interesting guy. He was a engineer by by uh, trade, but he—he he was a guy who he liked. Uh, some culture stuff I mean we had he he got a van, a dodge van, and he had the windows put in it, you know the little back windows put in it, and he had a bed put in the van, a bed put in a van this is a forty something year old man <laughs> with a with a van with a bed in it. We never used the bed, but it had one, and it had the cool sunset graphics on the back windows and it had the white mag wheels. It was cool. It had, yes, it did. He put the he put the side pipes down the side <laughs> of the van and everything. And of course, my mom just rolled her eyes every time he did something to this van. And it had a CB radio. Hey, it was less expensive than buying a little red Ferrari or a little red. No, Merble. that's very true. And he's like, my 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 dad's like, well, we can use it for the business. We had a, we owned a business at the time. Mom's like. For what? Letting your employees sleep in the back? <laughs> so, anyway, it was a pressing red But The first CB we had was in that van. And I remember the call sign, because back then you had to have a, legally you had to have a license. And it was just like talking on ham radio. You were supposed to open up with your license number and close with your license number. Now, and this was a rule that was just totally ignored by most people.
1: Yeah, at the time, I didn't even know that was a rule.
0: So, just for example, it it would be like, this is YYZ 1649.
1: I thought handles were just because people thought they were cool.
0: That was a handle, but not not the number. Yeah. Yeah. So, everybody had a handle, too. I'm not going to tell you what mine was. <laughs> but, uh, oh, by the way, YYZ is both an excellent song by Rush and the airport code for Toronto, just in case you're wondering. And the song is an instrumental about being in the Toronto airport, in case you're wondering about that, too. Uh, about rushing around in the airport. That's So now you know. Okay. Pressing right along. So it got to be big. Every, CBs were everywhere. Everywhere. I had a walkie-talkie. I was still a kid, you know, so I had a walkie-talkie. But my walkie-talkie was on channel 14. That's how I know. Uh, that it was on. That's where they put walkie-talkies on standard CB channels. And it was just a little kid's walkie-talkie. I had a Morse code thing. That was so cool. Oh, yeah.
1: I learned Morse code. Badly. Yeah, I d-
0: Morse code.
1: I could send but not understand very well.
0: So i t- i made a I made an antenna out of a coat hanger, so I could talk a couple three miles on mine. And I used to listen to all the truckers come through on town because we were on a we were on a uh, major U.S. highway. Well, sort of, you know. At the time. At the time, it was the truckers all came through town. And it was cool. It was really cool. It was fun. And then. Over the years, CBs have stuck around, but they kind of died, and then the the cell phones came along, and that was the end of the CBs. So are they proper relevant? A lot of truckers still use them for traffic, Uh, letting people know where road hazards are and stuff like that. But other than that, except for specialty uh, situations, they aren't used hardly at all anymore. You can go into a big city and find perfectly clear CV channels, which you never could in the past. Now, a lot of the truckers have gotten to the point where they have installed illegal radios. What makes them illegal? uh, High wattage. There's two ways to do it. A high wattage booster. And then some companies make radios that are actually ham radios. They're not actually CB radios. They're actually amateur radios. And ham radios
1: use different wavelengths than the CB band. So you have to be licensed to use the ham uh, channels, but not the CB
0: channels. Yes, except for many of them are frequency agile, which means they can be reprogrammed to talk at the high power on the CB channels. And that's what a lot of the truckers do because they need a little more range. That reminds me a lot of the old
1: Prohibition sell a block of grapes with a la- uh, dried and pressed with a label on it saying, Warning, do not submerge this block in a 10-gallon crock full of water with two pounds of sugar and cover for two weeks, or an illegal alcoholic beverage will result. The uh, thing, oh yeah, you have this wavelength labile ham radio. Uh, it's got high wattage, though, so make sure you don't turn it to those CB bands.
0: Yeah. These can be actually, there's CB shops all over the place around major interstate uh, truck stops. It's where you'll find the CB shops. I can tell you where the best one is in the Midwest. I'm not going to, but I could. And uh, they'll just tune it. You'll buy the radio, and they'll just tune it. They charge you 45 bucks or whatever. And they set it up so that it will run as a CB. And some of these rigs run up to 500 watts. Now, this is illegal. And, of course, we do not recommend you doing illegal things. Besides, for a prepper's point of view, this isn't actually helpful. And let me explain why. And let me explain why this is relevant to prepping. CBs are relative to prepping not in spite of the fact that they're low power and the range is limited, but rather because they are low power and the range is limited. You can operate a CB effectively in good times and bad, and not have your information carried all across the world most of the time. Yeah, I'll come back to that. They're actually a really good way to communicate with a small group. And that's what, in Northeast Missouri, that's what they're used for.
1: And the flip side of that coin is, since... It doesn't travel very far for anybody. As long as you're reasonably far away from other groups who are trying to use the same channels, you can use the same channels without interfering in one another.
0: Yeah. Not, I haven't seen this nearly so much in northwest Missouri. And I haven't seen this nearly so much in north central Missouri. But in northeast Missouri, I see it quite a bit. Coyote hunters use CBs. And they triangulate. They've got their dogs with the collars on. And they, they're they tracking their dogs, and they'll go through fields, and they'll just drive all over the place. But that tr- they triangulate the dogs, but they're also keeping in touch with each other. And you may have 10 or 15 different trucks out there, coyote hunting, okay? And so you need to keep track with all the other people because, I mean, you're, you're driving around hunting and shooting things, high-powered rifles that kind of towards each other. So Plus you kind of dogs need, back at the end of the day. Yeah. So you kind of need to keep in touch. So they're very widely used around northeast Missouri, and and I'm sure other places, as a coyote hunting thing. Because the range doesn't matter. You're all within five miles of each other. And it's just a very easy way to tell who's doing what and when. Whereas a a cell phone, yeah, you can be calling each other all the time, but it doesn't work for a group situation. Now, that's where the CVs would work great for um, prepping. And there's kind of a caveat, though. There is a chance that somebody halfway around the world can hear you. Things can bounce off layers in the atmosphere. It's called skip. And you could be ta- – I have had this happen when I was talking on CB radio. And I had somebody asked me how the weather was. And I'm like, well, you know, look out the window. And he said, like, ah, yeah, it's from 90-something. I'm like, it's like 30 here. Where are you, Phoenix? And he is sounds it, it, like I'm talking to him next door. You would have no idea. Now, the skip conversations don't last very long, usually just a few minutes at the most. But that just means the atmos- my radio goes up, hits up, bounces off the atmosphere, and just it reflects back to somewhere else. And where that reflects to
1: is but who only knows. You're Nobody. saying so in your transmissions. They probably have no idea where it came from, because the skip is much too transient and random to be able to track back and try and see where a transmission came from. So they might hear you, but they wouldn't have any idea who you are or where you're talking from. And by the way, in case it's not clear to those who are not familiar with radios at all, has absolutely nothing to do with the cell phone network or any orbiting any dang thing.
0: No, it's completely self-contained. It preceded cell phones. It preceded um, the GPSs. It preceded the... the. Um, I'm sure there was CB radio before there was satellites. It's been around a oh, long yeah. time.
1: But if you had the units inside a Faraday cage and they were protected, you would expect this kind of technology to work just fine after even a major EMP, for example. Right. Or during an extended power outage as long as you had the battery to run it. And you can get solar-powered battery chargers now. That's not... Right,
0: and these things do not use much power if you keep them in their standard configuration.
1: Yeah, like four watts, for example. And that's
0: for transmitting. (laughs) Yeah. Less for receiving. Much less for receiving. People commonly left them on in their cars for years. You know, the cars didn't turn off, and it it didn't run the battery down. So, yeah, CVs are fine. Unless
1: you went on vacation and left it on, on low while you went on vacation for a week. Not that I ever did that twice.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, don't do that. Okay, now there's one other type of CBR out there that I just find interesting. And these are the power guys. And how they get away with this. (laughs) Now, the FCC really used to crack down on people like using uh, amplifiers. Back in the craze of the CD, CB because it really interfered with what a lot of people are trying to do. And it also, you know, a person keys the microphone on their base station and every TV in the area now loses its sound and gets just what you're saying on your CB. That's the kind of situation where the FCC would actually come down and shut you, or come out and shut you down.
1: They have directional radio vans they will track you down
0: with. Yes, they do. Yes, they did. They used to. They can still do it, but they don't. I can tell you they don't because there's a lot of these guys that have these ultra-ridiculously, and I mean, ultra-super-ridiculous transmitters. And they get on, they have a... they call it the Super Bowl frequency, and I, don't, I think it's like six. I don't remember. I don't ever play on it. They're it's
1: civilized just, enough, mostly, to keep to a special set of wavelengths that they yeah. just use to play
0: like this. I think I think it's Channel Six. They go on there and they just try to talk over each other. It's a game to see who can get the best, uh, the best sounding, loud. And my favorite of the of the bunch, and I'll go ahead and name him because uh, I've actually chatted with him over the internet it wouldn't uh, take
1: you long to find him if you listen no, to his, I mean,
0: <laughs> his motormouth mall that's his uh, and motormouth Mall is hilarious and he's got the best modulation of anybody out there I mean his stuff sounds tight I mean it's good and he's like I I forget I think he's in California somewhere so, yeah, it's ridiculous. I
1: think the reason the FCC not doing that anymore is because they're not hurting anybody anymore. They they play on their bands, and they leave other bands open for people who are not playing that game to actually use for short-range communications.
0: And really, nobody turns them in because it's CB, and nobody cares. I'm going to let you in on a secret about hams, amateur radio operators. Um, I'm sure pretty much every ham, but... Probably actually owns a CB, but they just don't. You know, it's no, it's nothing to them. It's not what they're about. Other CB radio people will not turn in a violator, but hams, amateur radio operators, will turn in violators absolutely positively because they had to get their license they had to pay their money and they had to take that test and they're not putting up with somebody coming out there and messing in their messing in their playground they're not doing it they will actually hunt you down by triangulating your signal amongst themselves and call the FCC and tell them where you are (laughs) so you know if you're thinking about getting a ham radio go ahead and get one just don't put the microphone in listen have one learn how to use it get a license and then follow the rules cuz if you don't you will pay the punishment And it's a lot of fun so if you like I say if you if you want to listen to ham it's perfectly legal to listen to and that's a good way to learn the etiquette and all kinds of stuff cb radios okay can can I give you a buying guide here can uh can I tell you, the best way to get one of these things is just go to a secondhand store. A, uh, uh, what do you you call them? Shops? uh, Thrift store? store. Yeah, thrift thrift store. Go to a thrift store and see if they got them. If they got one, you know, it's usually five, ten bucks, and they'll be fine. They'll work just fine. they last forever. Uh, They're simple to wire in. I always set mine up with the, uh, with the plug that goes into the, uh, just cigarette lighter. 12 volt. 12 volt plug. I always set one up. Of course, I put a fuse in it to make sure, you know, that's, that's important. And that's how I run mine. And I leave it unplugged most of the time unless I'm actually going to use it. And yeah, it's, it's uh, fun stuff. So that's a good way to do it. And you should probably read up and learn a little bit about having your antenna tuned. It's not hard, but you should probably read up on it if you're going to do that. And, uh, yeah, I think CBs can be a really excellent prepping tool, so give it a try.